Washington, D.C. has begun. I heard this prophetic word on September 2nd, so just a few days ago. All right. For I, the Lord, this day am telling my children to fight back, to resist your enemy. When you resist him and all who are with him, they must flee. That is why in this time I am telling you to use your authority that I have given to you to resist all this lawlessness and to tear down its power over you and your family and your nations. Declare my glory to fill your homes and your nation. Give me and my angels authority to move. Speak what I tell you to my children, and those words will tear down your enemy's power their plans, and their control. Today, my children, get up from your place of defeat or despair. Get up and receive from me. Receive my glory. Let me in, my children, to your lives every day. I will give you rest that you have never known. My children, you have been under pressure, anxiety, stress, fear, and worry to a degree your enemy was going to use it to further his control over you. Break through those chains with my word. Break free from those chains by praise and worship. Even when everything is telling you you can't, that is your enemy resisting you, do you give in to his lies? Break his control over your minds, your bodies, your children, your family, your finances, your jobs. Use the authority I have given to you and it will change everything your eyes. Let your enemy know you are no longer defeated, but you are taking back the victory that already belongs to you. It's time for greater glory, so expect to receive it, and your lives are about to forever change, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. Your enemies, will, you will see, start to stumble over their words and their lies. More will be caught on live TV. It's time for their lies to be revealed to the world. Destruction is coming to the one world government and all who are with them. See them all crumble. See all their power taken away. See all their finances and places of power being ripped away. I am the judge over all the earth, and judgment is about to strike them all down in front of the world. Get ready, my children, for a great shaking upon this earth. A great shaking that is tearing down all the walls, all their lives, their control, their finances, their businesses, and all their economies, and all their fraudulent governments. One eruption after another is about to explode to destroy every lie, and all the corruption is all about to change. It's all about to happen. So brace for sudden impact, my children. Save the Lord of hosts. The Holocaust is going to be in the news again. And look who is talking about it. All their lies and their plans are coming down in front of the world, saith the Lord. Nicaragua, I say this name again, will be in your news. Watch and see what is about to take place there. And know, my children, I give you the news before the news. Arctic Ocean will be in your news. I am telling
tried to hide, but I am revealing it all. Romania is about to be in your news. Hawaii is also going to be in your news. An eruption will take place there that will signal Obama's demise. And the truth is about to come out of this location Obama wanted to keep hidden. His birth certificate is fake and there is substantial proof that has been suppressed that no longer will be. Everything Obama has done during his presidency is going to be overturned and overthrown along with his puppet, the Biden. Watch those two be exposed. News reports are about to come out regarding Obama and his Washington home. Surveillance and proof of his shadow government is about to be proven. It is not a conspiracy. Someone on my side infiltrated his side and was in the innermost circle. And the proof of all these strings Obama has had against Trump and every person and every imposter on both sides. And people he blackmailed to get in and to spy on the rightful president and his government and spied on the American people using the NSA. Oh yes, all they have done is about to be exposed. The CIA and every agency is about to be exposed and there is more in the FBI going on that's about to come to the light. Obama appointed generals that are about to step down, walk away, or retire. They are connected not only to Obama, but China. They are traitors and they turn their backs on truth and try to destroy your freedoms. All this is about to be revealed. A cleansing has been happening in the military, and you are about to see it. Listen for more people in the Pentagon to leave abruptly. Yes, this is yet another sign the infiltrators are coming down, and justice will be served. Every traitor against this nation has been caught red-handed whether you believe these words yet or not. Wake up, my children, for some of you are still asleep. Things are changing, and this is a time of great turnarounds. This is a time for reversals. I'm uncovering the truth that your enemies tried so desperately to keep hidden. They killed many to keep their secrets, and their blood has spoken to me and cries out for justice. My vengeance will be seen against your enemies. My children and all who are against me, say the Lord of hosts. Yuval Noah Harari. You will fall for your deception, for your lies, and you are not a god, and you are not invincible. You will be exposed as a snake that you are. Every plan and everything you have tried to complete against the human race will be destroyed by me. You are a false prophet. You are a deceiver. And judgment is about to hit you when you least expect it. You don't believe in me, but you will soon see that I exist. I am in control. And everyone with you are not. And you and everyone with you are not. You have all your days are numbered, saith the Lord of hosts. All who are false prophets and all who are deceivers and liars, I will expose them all. It says in my word, vengeance is mine, 
In my children you will see my vengeance and judgment upon your enemies in this hour, in ways you never thought possible, saith the Lord. All the things, all the impossible looking things, excuse me, you see right now, my children, that you never thought would change, are about to. I am the God who nothing is impossible. I will show you all what's impossible for man, but not for me, saith the Lord. The Georgia Guidestones will be in your news again. Your enemies want to rebuild this, but that will never happen. Not only will this not be rebuilt, but I am moving my hand to destroy more of their monuments, and they can do nothing to stop it, saith the Lord. Aramaic, this word, will be in your news. A lion will be in your news for an unusual reason. When you see this in your news, remember, I am the lion of the tribe of Judah, and nothing gets past me. Noah's ark will be in your news, and when you see this, remember, my glory is about to fill this earth, so receive it in greater measure. Watch and see this will be a signal of a clean sweep and a cleansing of every seat. My children, great changes are upon you now, so get ready for suddenlies to occur. I'm the God of suddenlies, and your enemies will never be able to prepare themselves for what is about to take place. So start to celebrate, my children. It's all about to change, saith the Lord, your Redeemer. Hello and welcome back. This is episode 45 with Waking Up with Mel and we're calling this one Waking Up to the Power of the Words that Come Out of Your Mouth. We won't make it that long on the headline, <laughs> but let's talk about this. We have been going through some traumatic times as a nation, as a country, and as a world. And I don't know about you out there in the world, but it's, it starts to get heavy at times and it starts to get weighing at times and there's weeks that it just feels like too much or how are we going to get through all this? Or is, you know, I've heard so many Christians say, Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. And this last week, this is August, I believe 16th today. And last week we had fires in Maui, Hawaii, and I have been there and it's the best most beautiful place I've ever been in my entire life. And yesterday I happened to put a zip drive in my computer and it was all the footage of my time in Maui. And I was just looking back and it was about 20 years ago and, you know, looking at the spaces that are now just burnt down to the ground and thinking about all the locals that I met there. And I saw a video today of this family just floating in the ocean with like fire bombs going over their heads and they're holding on to their children and, I just couldn't help but cry and just scream out to God. It just make it stop, make this evil stop and let justice reign. Let your justice pour out. Let these people have justice. If they're, if they're passed away because of this evil agenda that I believe has, has come upon them, then let their blood cry out and let them have justice, justice, justice. Like I just kept screaming that over and over and over again. And I started this podcast with Julie Green. That's uh, she has a page. Okay, let's stop here. Julie Green Ministries dot org. If you go to her page, 
she has a tab and it says prophecies and you can go to the prophecy tab click it type in hawaii type in any word that's in the news any word that you find in the news and you think god might have talked about it put it in that search bar and if god's talked about it it's going to pop up and when the hawaii fires came i remember god speaking about that and that prophecy was in 2022 it was september 2022 and so I went back to all the Hawaiian prophecies once those fires started and I I wasn't blown away because the next one says that there's going to be a volcanic, a volcano eruption. And I thought, whoa, what if these fires are those? Okay. Let me stop here. Do you guys know what dews are? Let's play a little video about what dews are real quick. So known as dews are weapons that deploy a highly focused energy beam, including lasers, microwaves, and particle beams. After decades of research in the United States, defense contractors announced back in 2015 that these systems are expected to come online by 2020 and are currently announcing that they are ready to deploy in the field. Russia, China, India, and the UK are developing directed energy weapons as well. And Iran has had them in use since at least 2013. In 2019, Turkey was the first to officially deploy this technology in combat, when they claimed to have shot down a Chinese-made drone supplied to the Libyan National Army. On September 16th, Defense Secretary Mark Esper announced that China and Russia have already weaponized satellites with directed energy weapons. Meanwhile, in space, Moscow and Beijing have turned a once peaceful arena into a warfare domain. They have weaponized space with killer satellites, directed energy weapons, and more. And in an effort to execute our systems and chip away our military advantage. And for the past few years, many have wondered if these advanced weapon systems have anything to do with the unprecedented fires we have seen in the past few years. Laser-based weapons are able to destroy the target with external heat. And microwave weapons are designed to penetrate the target through external antennas and sensors and ignite the internal electronics, destroying them from the inside out. This could explain how thousands of homes have rapidly burned into their own footprint while the trees surrounding them survive. And it could explain the several cars we have seen utterly destroyed with temperatures hot enough to liquefy glass and metal. So if you've ever seen a fire, yes, it gets hot, but not hot enough to do that type of damage. There's usually still structure left. Usually people have time to get away. So let me tell you a little story about my life. I have said this before, but if you've never heard my podcast before, I'm from Boise, Idaho, and I moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico when I was 21 years old, and I'm now in my middle 40s. And when I left Idaho, my good friend started dating and then soon got engaged to this guy. And one day I get a phone call that from her and she was telling me about this guy and I've never really met him or anything and she's like yeah we're engaged and I was like oh congratulations that's so awesome and then we don't speak for a few months and the next call I get is from a best another best friend at the time who let me know that she had taken her own life um, at at her and her fiance's home so I immediately flew back to Idaho and all the friends from high school were you know together at that time 
It's almost like a high school reunion. I went to the house that she was living in. I sat in the chair that she sat in when she took her life. And I just really had this bad taste in my mouth for the fiance. And I don't know if I just wanted someone to blame or what, but I just, the story was that he went out fishing. They got in a fight. He went out fishing. She then stayed there, took a bunch of pills, wrote notes to everybody about who she needed to take care of what and um, left this earth. And he showed up at her service, which was like more of a, a service of life, like a, I don't even know what they call those. I can't think of that right now. But anyways, um, we were there just celebrating her life, a celebration of life. And he was just, I don't know. Like I said, if it was, but that was the only impression I had of this guy, Kate. And that's, and I'm not trying to bash him or trash him because he has since passed and I'm not here to do that. So what happened is I go home from the funeral years go by and, um, I get another phone call from the, actually the same friend that let me know that my friend, um, I almost said her name. I don't want to say her name, but that my friend had passed. And so I get a call from this, from the girl that told me about the other gal and she says, guess what? You know, those, those fires in California, well, her fiance had moved there to California and he was killed in those fires. And immediately I was just like, what? And so I looked into those fires and I started to realize those fires were not natural fires. And then I, that's when I, I learned about direct energy weapons, because at the time they were right there in San Francisco. I mean, they're everywhere. They're in all the military bases. They could literally put a laser, whoever they wanted on whatever car, house, wherever they want land. Okay. And beam it, beam you, beam us right off this planet. And that's exactly what they did to her fiance. And he, I mean, his house, his neighborhood, it wasn't just his house was completely in its own footprint. No beds left. No, not even the freaking uh, oven. The oven was melted. Okay, you guys, that that's not normal. My cousin's whole in Fort Collins, uh, my aunt, I guess she's not my cousin, my aunt, her whole um, neighborhood burnt down her house happened to be saved, I believe by the Lord Jesus. And my dad saw Jesus sitting by her house the night that her neighborhood was burning down. He told her that the next day, almost all her neighbor's houses were burnt down, but hers, she didn't even, they prayed for no smoke smell. She didn't even, she even commented, there's not even a smell of smoke. She, mind you guys, she wasn't even a Christian. It's the prayers of the Christians that changed the outcome. I believe for my aunt, she may believe it or not, but I truly believe that. So anyways, she showed pictures and you could see like how the fire would ravage through things, but it didn't destroy like the entire house. Metal structures were still there. Cars, windows weren't melted. Metal wasn't melted. And typically in a neighborhood that is uh, in a residential area, like in California, firefighters have enough time and neighbors would have enough time with their own hoses to put out those fires, right? Well, in Maui, if you start listening to local reports, like from local people on TikTok, don't watch the news because it's fake and you're not going to hear any truth. Thousands of people are dead. They're letting no one in Lahaina, which is the main. Let me tell you about Lahaina real quick. When I went to Maui, my cousin lives in this across across the island in this other town. Okay, so Maui's like a think of a kind of an awkward circle. It's not a full perfect circle, but it's a circle. It's an island. And you can drive around this entire island in one day. 
and this but if i mean it would take it's best not to because there's so much gorgeous stuff to see but you can tip, you can drive around the island maybe not in one day but we drove around the whole island i don't remember how many days it took because we went and rested back at my cousin's house and then went around it you know to the rest of it the next day or whatever but you could see volcanoes you can see uh, you know, fish like your head's in an aquarium. You can see shopping like your, um, you know, at the coolest shopping place, which was Lahaina that they burnt down. So Lahaina was like the main touristy area. And then everywhere else around Lahaina is more um, resorty, more just chill, not a lot of stuff going on. You know, a lot of uh, land is owned by Maui, the state. And so it's just absolutely beautiful. And my friends from Boise from high school happened to live there in Lahaina. So we went to visit them while we were there and they lived in this neighborhood and they got to know all the locals and they had mango trees in their front yard. And it was just amazing. And as I'm talking to the neighbors, the locals that have lived there their whole life, I'm, I'm telling about this, this beach we went to in this town called Hana or Hana, I believe they call it. And it's like this road to Hana and it's just gorgeous. And they said, oh, yeah, we've never been there. We've never left Lahaina. And I'm just like blown away because I just flew across the ocean, traveled the whole entire island, and they've never left that city on an island. That tells you guys how tight this community is, how old it is, how long they've been there. Okay, now you need to understand who's been buying property there. Oprah Winfrey is one of the biggest landowners. Jeff or Zach or whatever the Zuckerberg piece of crap from Meta, from Facebook, whatever his name is, Zuckerberg, uh, owns a ton of land over there. I actually found an article just the other day because I've been doing a ton of research about what's going on over there because I know these are lasers. I know they attack these people and it's not okay with me and I'm ready for people to stand up. We didn't stand up in California. They just burnt down New Mexico last year in 2022. And as a matter of fact, I am a real estate agent. At the time, I was doing residential real estate. I do commercial real estate right now. But I did residential real estate, and I was taking a client to Santa Fe, New Mexico, which was close to the fires. And after our showing, he took me out to dinner to this uh, bar place. And we're sitting at the bar, and the bartender comes up to us, and she just looked so beat down. And I was like, How, what's going on? How are you? And she goes, oh, my house just burnt down. And we had it all paid off. And we didn't have insurance and I'm homeless with my son. And so th these, these are real people. These, these are real people that are getting burnt out of their house and homes because the government likes to play with microwave lasers when they want to take over land, in my opinion. And by the evidence, <laughs> I cannot wait for every single evil person to be exposed because they will. And God said so, but this is why we have to bring in the power of our words because I have not always been speaking to God's truth. I have been wavering like a little leaf sometimes during this last, what, two, almost three years. And from somebody who knew God's plan from the get go since like 2015, I've been listening to prophecy and what God's plans are and watching it unfold and knowing it's true. But then getting to a point where we have to wait, it's hard because in the meantime, people are dying. People are getting hurt. People are being burnt out of their homes. People are taking a mRNA vaccine that's killing people suddenly left and right. And nobody wants to admit the truth. Everybody would rather live in a lie than admit the truth and stand up and unite together. But I do believe this Hawaii thing 
is going to be bigger than the New World Order and all these Bill Gates expected and Oprah's and all the crap because they've been used to doing this and everybody just like in the in the California fires. Guess who had a mansion that didn't burn next door to all the property that she soon bought up that did burn? Oprah. Guess who's in Maui right now handing out pillows because her mansion didn't burn down, but all the land by it did. How's that happen? I mean, that's very convenient. Twice <laughs> in a couple years or in like five years. Yeah, Oprah. Yeah, you're cute. Cannot wait for you to go to prison, girl. And then uh, who else do we have? So we talked about Bar- uh, Bezo, Jeff Bezo was trying to buy up all the land in Maui. Not only that, guys, last year they had a conference. I believe in t- by 2030, they plan on making Maui the first Hawaiian smart city. Yeah. And in order to do so, guess what they got to do? They want to build a high rise. Guess where? Lahaina. Guess who can't do that because it's historic. Guess what's not there anymore? Yeah. You guys put these pieces together, please. We need... I, they, uh, they're burning Canada. Okay. Uh, what did, what did I see on fire today? I think it was Spain. They're burning Texas. I believe Montana's on fire right now. And guess what all these idiots are calling it? Climate change. You know what climate change was called? If you didn't listen to my word trickery podcast, I, apparently that's one of my favorites because I talk about it all the time. Climate change used to be called global warming. Yeah, remember, and then the war, and then they proved that nothing's ever warmed up in all the years that they've been calling global warming, global warming. So, all the money funneled in to, for global warming. Well, we got to still get this money, but nothing's ever warming. Oh, let's call it climate change, and then set the world on fire so we can buy the land and take over these cities and make our smart cities. And be, but guess what's not going to happen, guys? Exactly that. You know why? Because God said so. So this is where it comes to our words, and this is where it's going to get a little deep. God, our Father, Creator, I don't care if you believe him or not, in Him or not, if you're listening to this podcast right now and you've gotten 26 minutes in, then you must have some interest in what I'm saying. And the Father in the Bible, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you, guess what He did? He created the entire world that we live in with words. Mm-hmm. With words. Isn't that cool? He said it, it happened. Guess what we do in our own world, in our lives? We create our life. You know what I heard today? As a matter of fact, we were at this big old warehouse that's getting, you know, up for sale. And this guy was like, we need a GD tenant in here. And I thought in my head, why would you GD damn? Why would you damn this warehouse with a tenant? That was the worst choice of words to say for filling that place up. I would, that's how important I think words are. And I don't think people understand. And I didn't understand. So I, I understand that people don't understand, but I'm here to help you understand. Are you your worst bully? Do you sit there and say, I'm stupid. I'm this, I'm that silently in your head, because those are words spoken to your soul. Do you speak out loud anger? Do you cuss out fellow man and traffic? Because they're made in the image of God, just like you are. We really have to think about the way we speak. And once we do, we start to create a different life around ourselves. And I've been doing it the last week, just really intentionally. And it's been absolutely amazing to watch God move based on the words. So that brings me to a timeline. I've been sharing you guys with you guys who Satan is, 
what the Illuminati is, what the New World Order is, the agendas, how it's provable and not a conspiracy, what a conspiracy is, and where it even came from. So if you've been hanging with me for these 45 episodes, I really thank you for being here. And I also thank you for being part of this change in the world. Because without you, none of this will happen, right? And then maybe you guys will have the the fire to speak up on behalf of whatever country you're in or whatever state you're in to say, no, I'm not, this is not normal. This is not right. This is not okay. They're, they're trying to kill us and they can't because we're the children of God. That's why you pray over your food, pray over your homes, pray over your neighborhoods. I live in a state right now. I live in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and it's like a free for all over here, a free for all. I have never seen it in the 22 years I've lived here this bad. But you know what I do? I don't keep speaking that into my state. When I drive by, I pray for the oppressed people. Today on the way home, right before this podcast, I saw a guy punching himself in, in the head over and over at a bus stop with all the stuff. And I, my heart broke for him. I started praying for him because I pictured him as a little boy being beat like that by some adult. And now he's doing it to himself. We need to have compassion for the world. We need to speak on the behalf of these broken people. We need to be the change, you guys. We don't need to stare at these people like they're a bunch of zombies on the street that don't have souls because they do. And for whatever reason, Satan is attacking these people probably because they're powerful and making them throw away their lives and their destinies that God had for them. And so what is your destiny? What are you speaking to your destiny? Are you speaking God's truth or your own? Because as Julie Green taught this week, and this is where I got all this, like, you know, revelation from the book of, of the, you know, the word of God, the Bible, but Julie got me to pick it up and actually be like, wow, this says it all over the Bible. You speak life, death, or blessings and cursings. That's a proverb. And in uh, the book of James, he talks about how a little motor on a boat can steer a whole big boat. Think of your tongue. Where is it steering your body? Uh, the same thing with a horse. You just put a little bridle on a big, tough horse that could run over a human being, and you can steer the horse just by the mouth. As she talked about the book of Job and how he, with his words, he he let what happened happen because this is the way it it, it works in the spiritual realm. Believe it or not. I don't care, but this is the truth and the truth will set you free. If you have ears to hear, let you hear. We have the creator and the creator is the judge. He is with us everywhere. He's omnipotent. He can be at all places at all times. He is the creator of everything that is created. Satan can't create nothing. He's a copycat and he wants to try to be like God and still everything that is God's like the rainbow and everything else like gender. <laughs> I mean, this, Satan's hard at work right now, as you can see. But Jesus, he's our attorney. He's the one advocating on our behalf. He's the one that died for our sins. So we can just go to Jesus to get God to forgive us, right? And Jesus works in us, Holy Spirit works in us, and then we, our lives are forever changed. And it's not because we're trying to be fake religious people. It's because we have a relationship with our father. It's because he knows everything about us, right? Everything. Can you imagine somebody knowing everything about you? Like you think maybe if you're married, I, I know everything about my spouse. I know more about my spouse than he knows about himself, right? We say that all the time. Well, that's how God is with us. 
He knows everything about us. But how many of us have taken the time to sit and get to know God like a friend as much as he knows us get to know him? It's incredible to get to know our father and he will lay revelations of love and understanding when you take that silent time to listen and ask questions and just talk to him, conversate. I've been doing that this week, you guys. Oh, it's so mind blowing. It's so amazing to just got, have that one-on-one -on -one with God, like 10 minutes outside on my swinging chair the other day. I need to do it again today because it was the coolest revelation he gave me. And it was about money and it was about how I've been attached to poverty and how he's the father of wealth. And I, I have a limitless supply through him of everything, not just money, but people, I think people like have this poverty, like if you got to be poor, but rich people don't change the world by being poor. Oprah's not over there burning down cities because she's poor. We got to be richer than these people so we can change the world more than they do. Does that make sense? I hope so. And just to clarify, I really don't think Oprah's the one flying the planes with the EMF, you know, doing it herself. But I do think it takes money to make the planes, to hire the pilots, to burn down places, to melt people alive in their cars. You know, here's another thing about Hawaii. I hope you guys realize real quick. And this is from the locals. The fires supposedly started at 8 o'clock around there. They cut the power off at 5 they cut off the internet and um, cell phone service. So everybody living in Lahaina had none of that. They, they had no idea they were about to get burned down. So think about that. You're probably not messing with your phone. You can't get anything out on the internet if you do see something. You, you might get burned to death before anybody ever sees it, right? It's absolutely insane. They turned off the water so locals couldn't try to, like, you know, hose things down. If you've ever been there, it's green as green can get. So I, it's really hard to burn green things, but not with lasers. Cars were melted. People couldn't even get out of their cars or their homes. Fire does not work like that. Is a natural fire does not work like that. People had to jump from Front Street, which is just like, look it up. It's like this little street that had all these shops on it and the oceans on one side and shops are on the other people had to jump into the ocean for hours because they set even boats on, on the ocean on fire yet trees right around all these structures are, are standing yet all the mansions are standing it's just not mm -mm, nope not today not anymore satan because you already got your way oh by the way guys did you know a book's on amazon already about the maui fires published august 10th but the fires were August 8th through the 11th. How's that work? It's on Amazon. Look it up. And one last fact is they canceled school. So a lot of these kids were at home with no parents to help get them out of the house. It's just disgusting. And I cry every time I even see images because it's just heartbreaking to realize this is reality. This is a place I've been. It's different for me, I guess, when I see it on, you know, TikTok or whatever, and I've never been there. And then to just have hung out with the locals to have been part of the scene and just to know the destruction that they're living in right now and that FEMA and Red Cross aren't even letting the locals bring supplies to the locals. The locals would be better off without FEMA and Red Cross being there. And where's Joe Biden <laughs> or whoever the he is? Where's the Biden? Okay. Because that guy is not on the scene. So this is going to bring me to the Red Sea moment. 
All right. In the, in the Bible, there's this book and it's called Exodus. It's right after Genesis. So you guys should read it. And it talks about when Joseph was sold by his brothers and he was a slave in Egypt for many years. He became basically the Pharaoh's right-hand man and became really, really wealthy and really, really favored. His whole family ends up coming there because of famine in the land. And it's an awesome story and I love it and I cry every time. But anyways, they um, are all living there for approximately, I think, 70 years. God loves sevens and 70s. And so about the 70th year, his intention is to set them free. And I want you to think about this. It doesn't talk about this in the Bible, but as mentioned in the Bible twice, the book of Jasher does tell us the story and a lot more of it of what the slavery was like for the Israelites in Egypt at that time. And one of the stories that like breaks me, not just that, okay, we all know the story of Moses, right? And how they were trying to kill all the kids. Well, that was just one of the times. One time the Pharaoh had uh, sores all over his body. So they were using the Israelite kids to drain their blood and put on the Pharaoh because they thought that would help the sores. So they did that for years. They just kill the kids to take the blood. I mean, nothing new under the sun, right guys? If you know what adrenochrome is, it's not a conspiracy. Look it up. It's in every freaking movie. You can see like fear and loathing Las Vegas. They even use the word. I think it's funny. People call things conspiracies, but they haven't researched it. Diddly squat, but they rather just make fun of somebody than actually like look into it. I really look into something and be like, oh, they're wrong. Then just say they're wrong and not look into it. Just saying. So then in Israel, they were burying the kids in fields alive. And the angels, it says, were protecting them while they wrote, while they grew, which is such a cool story. But another story is if um, the Pharaoh kept demanding harder and harder labor on these guys. And let me tell you this. They allowed the slavery to happen. The only tribe that said, I am participating in this BS is the tribe of Levi, the priestly tribe. They said, <laughs> that's cute. And they never started. And as this went on over all the years, they never were part of that. And Moses was from that tribe, the Levite tribe. He was never a slave. Well, as we know, he was, but Aaron, his brother and his dad and all those people, but yet they still had to put Moses and save his life because they were killing all the firstborn males. Right. But even though he wasn't a slave, he still was under this oppression, but all the other tribes like Judah and all the other kids, they were all under slavery. And the slavery was so bad that if they didn't meet the quota of the bricks that I believe were the pyramids to this day, if they didn't make the quota, then they would take a baby from it and this is straight from the book from a nursing mother screaming and crying put it in place of the brick while the baby's crying and put mortar over it and that baby's probably still in the pyramids to this day okay so that's the type of slavery they're under moses comes moses says hey guys god told me that he wants you free and i'm gonna go tell pharaoh but I don't know how to talk very good because when I was a little boy, I stuck a hot piece of coal in my mouth and now I have a stutter. So I'm going to ask my brother to do it. And that's also in the book of Jasher, which is really cool. And that story goes is Moses was like two and he grabbed the crown off the Pharaoh's head and put it on his own. And the wise men told the Pharaoh, hey, that kid's going to take your kingdom. And so um, what somebody who had Moses's back said, hey, no, no, he's not going to do that. That was just an accident. Let's see if he's really wise. Give him a piece of onyx and a piece of hot coal. And if he puts the hot coal in his mouth, 
then we know he's just a dodo bird and he didn't do that on purpose. And that says in the book of Joshua that an angel made Moses reach for that coal and put it in his mouth. And I um, believe that is why Moses was embarrassed about a stutter. So he had um, Aaron, his brother, be his spokesperson. So him and Aaron went to Pharaoh and they did this 10 times, 10 different times. They go to Pharaoh and say, hey, Pharaoh, let us go. Pharaoh's like, no. And then a plague would come. Then Pharaoh would be like, please, Moses, make it, tell your God to make it stop, please. God, Moses would ask God to make it stop. It stopped immediately. Happened 10 times. We don't know how long this took. It doesn't say. What if it was two years? It could have been 10. I don't know. But this went on and on and on 10 times until every single firstborn that did not have the Passover blood over their home died. And there was way, it was so sad for these Egyptians that they literally gave everything they had to the Israelites and they went from slaves to richer than them and they left. Then they get to the Red Sea and the Pharaoh says, oh, that was a bad idea. Why did I do that? I was just sad for that day. Let me go back and let me get all these fools and bring them back so they can keep building my pyramids for me. So, and it doesn't say pyramids, guys. I'm The pyramid part, I'm just assuming. I don't know. But let me bring him back so they can build whatever building I want them to build for me. So he goes, he's after him. And guess what the Israelites do? I was going to paraphrase what they said, but I think you need to hear it. Because I used to read this and think these guys were a bunch of wussies. And now I have so much sympathy for them because I've been the wuss this last couple of years. So they get out, you know, they're free finally from this horrid pharaoh. They're to the Red Sea and now they're like backed up against a sea and the Pharaoh coming after him. And they say, and this is Exodus 14 verse 11. Then they said to Moses, because there were no graves in Egypt, you have taken us away to die in the wilderness. Why have you dealt with us to bring us out of Egypt? So now they're mad at him because they'd rather be in Egypt having their kids put in brick in walls. Okay. I mean, I don't get it, but, but I kind of do in a way. Okay. Is it not that the, that we have told you in Egypt saying, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. So look at that. It took one Moses against all these whiny people to speak the word of God and to trust God. And guess what God did? He opened the Red Sea. They walked across it on dry land and the pharaohs were swallowed up. And the proof has been found by an archaeologist named Ron Wyatt. If you really want to get deep into this factual stuff about the Bible, because the Bible's never been proven wrong, only factual. So it's a beautiful thing. The reason I'm telling you the story is because after this, God had a plan for these guys to get to what he called the promised land. But in order to get to the promised land, guess what they had to conquer? Literal giants. Yeah, they're still around. Remember before and after the flood? We've talked about this before in my podcast. Giants are real. They're spoken in the Bible and they are around before and after the flood. Giants came from a creation that God did not create. And that's why you see the death and destruction God calls upon uh, uh, the Amorites and all these ites people. Because think of this, Satan fell with a third of his angels. They came down, they made it with man. And guess what they had? Giants and giants filled up the earth. They couldn't, they consumed the earth and God destroyed the earth. I do not believe in dinosaurs and I do believe in giants. 
I believe that they have purposely told us lies. I think they use giant bones to make fake dinosaurs. And I do not think anywhere in the Bible we can say Leviathan is not a, is not a dinosaur and neither is Bohemoth. Yes, they are big old crazy beings and God explains exactly what they look like, but they are not dinosaurs. So Christians, if we're taught that we need to question the people teaching us, right? We need to be like, Hey, 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 this doesn't say nothing about dinosaurs. This doesn't translate to Hebrew and a dinosaur. Where are you getting this? Like, let's start teaching our kids facts, biblical facts, not like what we want to teach them because NASA said so, or the natural history history museum but what does the bible teach us and why is smithsonian hiding the giant's bones yet we're making dinosaur replicas but if you google this guys never have they found a full dinosaur body ever not once in all the years you should it's a little bit stinky just like the maui fires so the israelites back to them they get Across the Red Sea, the pharaohs get drowned behind them. They get to the other side. They're singing. They're celebrating. They're pumped. And then it's time to go take over the promised land. So they send out 10 spies. And they come back. And only two people had something good to say. And everyone else was like, you guys, we can't do that. There's, they're giants. They're, we, they make us look like grasshoppers is exactly what they told the tribes. They're like, we can't. We're not. We'll all die. Well, guess what God said? God said, you go and you take the land. Okay. And here's something I really want to clarify because a long time ago, a family member said, if God's a good God, why the heck is he in the Old Testament telling the Israelites to go kill women, children, and men? And the reason is, is because he did not create them. They were not created by him. They were created by half human and a half demon which makes them their own breed that God did not create. They created themselves. Therefore, they are not of God. I mean, it's that simple. You take it. You might not like that answer. You might be like, oh, but if you're like that, you probably don't love Trump. And then, you know, got to look within yourself. <laughs> I like saying that. That's so funny. Because you know why I say that, guys? I have never in my life seen so many people that act like they love everybody and everything and you shouldn't hurt a fly, not even a cockroach. But then the cockroach comes in the room and they ask somebody else to kill it. Or you say something that's not on their uh, wavelength and they hate you, even though you've known the whole time that they've never been on your wavelength and you're okay with that. It's just very interesting how these quote unquote loving people are. They're the ones that are keyboard warriors on their telling everybody what their comment is or how they feel about something because they can't just calm down and swipe on by. It's very interesting. Um, so the Israelites, they decide, no, nope, we can't do this. But two guys said, yes, we can. Well, guess what? Those two guys made it to the promised land because they said God's word. Not only did they believe it, but they said it and they made it to the next side, the other side. The other guys, they wandered around for 40 stinking years in a circle, basically, because they had no faith that they could do what God said they could do, nor did they speak that. I mean, yeah. So the whole point of my story is we are in a Red Sea moment and things, it, these fires in Hawaii aren't the, the, there's the volcano is about to blow up over there. I don't know what island, but God said there will be an eruption and that eruption is going to expose Obama. Okay. I, I didn't say it, but I believe it. 
because God said it. So it's up to you guys. What report, even if you're a Christian, the body of Christ right now, they have two reports. They have the report of, oh, the giants, we can't do it. And then there's people like me for the last, what, three, four years that have been saying, God said so. And God can do anything. Yes, I'm not perfect. I've wavered through the year. I've had bad days. I've been like, oh, God. Even today I cried over Maui. But when I cried, I didn't feel sorry for myself. I spoke God's word into the atmosphere. And I started standing against the enemy and his plan. Because the kingdom of heaven lives inside of any believer. Do, do we understand that power? I don't think so. And so I beg of you, if you are a Christian, you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have the kingdom of heaven inside of you, you have the power of the creator inside of you, you are creating with your words. If you are not a Christian, you do not believe in God, you are creating with your words. That's why witches and warlocks do spells. They use their words to cast spells. People use their words to bring other people down or to lift them up. And it's that easy. So let's just keep in mind that everybody, even the annoying core worker that talks to themselves and bugs you all day long. Guess what? God loves them. That person that cut you off in traffic and flipped you off. Guess what? God loves them. That homeless person on the street that might have a car parked down the road and just has the sign to make money off of other people's back because he doesn't feel like working. <laughs> Unbelievably, God loves him too. So with that being said, God loves you and God loves every single one of us. And he wants every single one of his children to come home to heaven when this soul leaves this earth. This soul, this world was not made for us. It was created for us, but it is not our home. It is not forever. And that's just the way it is, believe it or not. Thank you, Lord, so much for this moment to just speak to the world, to tell them your truth, to tell them the words that I think you wanted me to speak this day to get out into the atmosphere so other people can plant your revelation into their hearts and let that grow into words that will change this world. So this delay of everything that's been held up can start to happen because I know I'm guilty of just keeping this plan of the enemy going with the words I speak. And I no longer want to participate that in that. And I pray, Lord, that whoever's listening no longer wants to participate in this nonsense either. Let us start to speak your ways, your word, your truth. Let people understand your plan and listen to your prophets and prophecies and see them come to pass because it's a glorious, awesome thing. In Jesus' name, I ask for protection over our President Trump, our rightful elected president. And I pray that this year you bring him back to the forefront and take this fake administration down the way you intended. Thank you, Lord. And most importantly, protect the people in Maui and all the people in New Mexico and Montana and Texas and Canada and Spain and wherever else they're trying to burn people out of their homes and land. Let them not only get their land back, but let it be restored back. 10 times better than the way it was before in Jesus name. Thank you for justice. You are the justice. Thank you for your justice. Let it rain down right now. Amen. Express my sympathy and warmest regards to the people of Hawaii and specifically all of those who have been so gravely and irreparably hurt by the tragedy of the wildfires in Maui 
something the likes of which have seldom been seen anywhere at any time. The death caused by this catastrophic event will be far worse than ever expected now that houses and cars and other areas are being inspected. The sad thing is it should never have happened. Our government was not prepared, and very importantly, the aftermath is going very poorly with the governor of the island wanting to do nothing but blame it on global warming and other things that just happened to pop into his head. When asked about it today, as he was getting into a car, perhaps coming home from the beach, where he has been spending a great deal of time, Crooked Joe Biden, the most incompetent president in the history of our country, with a laugh and a smile, said he had no comment on the death and the tragedy. To say no comment is oftentimes fine, but to be smiling when you say it, especially against such a tragedy as this, is absolutely horrible and unacceptable. It is a disgraceful thing that Joe Biden refuses to help or comment on the tragedy in Maui, just as he refused to help or comment on the train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, for a very, very long time. In any event, hopefully everyone will be able to pull together so that a horrible situation does not get even worse. To the families affected, I give you my love and sympathy. Nothing can ever replace your loved ones, but you will always have the memories and will feel their great love surrounding and embracing you. Together, we will continue to carry their legacy forward, and I love you all very much. I tried very hard to keep my speeches between 15 and 18 minutes, but I got to talk a little bit about Hawaii. I've been on the phone with the governor coming up here and the senators, and, uh, and let, let me say, address the devastating wildfires, some of which are still burning in Hawaii. They've claimed the lives of 99 people so far, and they haven't cleaned things up yet. The deadliest wildfire in more than 100 years. A whole city destroyed. Generations of native Hawaiian history turned into ruin. FEMA, search and rescue teams are sifting through the ashes in that five-mile area that you've seen on television has been burned. It's painstaking work that takes time, and it's nerve-wracking. Most of the debris can't be removed until it's done.